You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this teaching from Pastor Mark. For more information on our church, please visit cwol.org. We're going to talk just briefly, I guess, about the faith of our father, Abraham and Sarah. So we started out with looking at Romans chapter 4. And I'm not going to spend a long time because uh, I'm just going to uh, uh, get you out. But I want to talk to you about that Romans chapter 4 is really about righteousness by faith with the example of receiving Isaac as the example of faith. The whole chapter is about you being made righteous by faith. Everybody say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And you remember on Mother's Day, we talked about Sarai, Sarah, who um, wasn't there when Abram made a covenant with God. So Abram, after he made the covenant with God, went back and talked to Sarah and said, we're going to, you know, um, the Lord promised me that I'm going to have a son, that Eleazar is not going to be my heir. And so how many know years went by? Everybody say years. years. Everybody say time. Sometimes time can be an enemy And the devil can use it that way when it seems like things didn't show up right away. So time became an enemy to Sarai. And so remember how she brought, told Abram, she said, there's Hagar, go in. You know, and then how many know it went very bad? Because Hagar then got a twinkle in her eye and say, Sarai, uh, it doesn't say this in the word, but I understand it. Because Sarai's reaction, how many know Hagar and her were probably close? Because at first she trusted Hagar to have a son through Abram, but then suddenly she don't trust her no more. So I think Hagar got something in her eye as Sarai, you're going to be gone. I'm going to be number one. And the princess, Sarai said, gave Z formation and said, not today. And she took out her earrings and threw them on the ground and said, get out of here. So anyway, and so then, you know, God worked that out. And then... Um, God comes back to Abram and he says, uh, you know, um, you know I, I promised you an heir um, and Ishmael's not it. But then Abram argued with God and said, hey, let's just use Ishmael. So again, leaving Sarah, he was willing to, Abram was willing to leave Sarah out and just go with Ishmael because it's his son. And so then God said, no, you're going to have a son and it's going to be through Sarah. And then the Bible says God stopped talking and went up. In other words, I'm done talking about this, and I'm gone. And then we have a a group of folk come down from heaven. I believe the Lord was probably among them, but we know there's angels there. And this is what I know. They're coming because God's got to deal with Sodom and Gomorrah. Everybody remember that? And remember, the first thing the entourage from heaven asks is what? Where is Sarah? Because God, everybody say positioned. And that's what this series is about, is God positioning you. He is not willing to leave you out of the promises. He is not willing for you to do without. He paid a high price for you. You may not be able to get it for everybody, but if you're in this room, you can get the promises of God for you today. Amen. Now listen to me. So God did what? He said, he, he said, because where's Sarah? She's in the tent. So we know what she's listening. And he said, that the, the, the entourage said, about this time next year, you're going to have a son. And remember what Sarah did? She laughed and then she lied. But then what, how does faith come? Anybody remember? By hearing and hearing what? 
So the word of God came from heaven. Before, she heard it twice from Abraham, but she's never heard it for herself. Now, some people can hear it from other peoples and get it. This is what I mean. There was a woman with the issue of blood. She didn't hear it from Jesus. She didn't hear it from the Lord. She heard it from somebody else. Somebody came and told her what was going on with Jesus, and she believed it. Because she said within herself, if I can just the hem of his garment, I'll be healed. And then she got it. But then there's other people like the woman with the issue, the, the woman at the well. She had an encounter with Jesus. She went back to the village and told the guys. And, and then one guy said this. Well, some of us believed it because of what you said. But now all of us believe it because we heard it for ourselves. Everybody turn to your neighbor and say, hear it for yourself. There is no substitution from you hearing it for yourself. Come on, you got to hear it for yourself. You got to hear it for yourself. I'm not talking about you need a visitation from God. You've already have one. It's in the written scripture. Don't ever belittle the word of God. People always want to hear from God. If you can't read it, then you're not in line to hear from him. Come on, this is him saying, this is the safest way to hear from God. Now, will he talk to you about your life? He absolutely will. But it's going to always be in line with this, and you're going to have to believe that he can. So anyway, so we got Sarai. She's in the tent. She's laughing. She's lying. And then what do we know? We know that um, Hebrews 11, 11 comes into play. The Bible says she received strength to conceive. Why? Because she counted God. Come on, everybody shout out faithful. Is God faithful? What's he faithful to? He's faithful to his word. How long is he faithful? To a thousand generations. That includes you. God is, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. God is faithful. Come on, say it again. God is faithful. And so she counted him faithful. And when the moment she did that, I believe it was probably around the time that she was in Gerar and Abimelech, she was taken off into his little harem. For the second time, Abraham said, tell everybody you're my sister. Now, see, I'm not trying to throw Father Abraham under the bus. Well, not under all four wheels anyway. But he let this woman down. Nobody talks about it. He let this woman down. Tell him you're my sister. God had to intervene and shut up the womb the first time that happened. The second time... I don't believe, know that she was there, but Abe was willing to use Ishmael and do without her. And then the third time, after God comes, there's, how many know it takes nine, about nine months to have a baby? About this time next year, there was three months there where Sarah went from laughing and lying to counting God faithful. Don't tell me you can't change. Don't tell me you can't believe. Don't tell me God can't change you around and position you where you're in a position to receive. Because in those three months, I believe it was while she was at Gerar. I believe it was while Abimelech was like, you know, yelling at Abe, why'd you do this to me? That she was like, yeah, God, you want to use me. You're faithful. I believe you. And what? She received strength to conceive seed. Amen. And so it's important to understand. And, and how many of you know that the promise God made to her about this time next year, heaven spoke to her. She believed what God said. It took her a minute. She didn't start out. Because so listen to me. It doesn't matter where you start. It matters where you finish. 
Come on, doesn't matter where you start, it matters where you finish. Doesn't matter how many times you heard. Listen, God's trying to grow us all up in this room. And I want to tell you something about growing up. Some of you have been in this room about a week. Some of you have been here, oh, 24 to 25 years. I don't care how long you've been here, but listen to me. If you're some, some of you are just hearing this stuff for the first time, and that's amazing, and grab a hold of it. But to those of you who have been hearing it for a while, in order to get to the next level, do not ever let go of what you've already been taught. In other words, don't diminish what you do know in order to get to a next level in God. Are you with me? People, I hear this all the time. Someone teaching on healing will say that prosperity is not important. Well, the same Jesus that took stripes on his back is the same one that became poor so that you could become rich. You don't ever have to diminish something to raise something up. I'm at Mark Brzee, who is my big brother in the faith, said this. Uh, he, said, he said, don't teach against something, teach for something. Amen. Amen. So I, I want you, as you're learning, God's taking us as a group to another level. I said, God's taking us to a group, as a group to another level. So we're going to take the one-week-olds and the 25-year-olds spiritually, and then some of you are way older than that, and we're going, to, we're going to go together, amen? But we're not going to let go of what we have learned. We're going to keep on holding it, and we're going to go to the next level. Y'all ready to go to the next level? Amen. Just like Abraham and Sarah were able to receive something that was impossible, God's wanting to do something impossible because all things are possible with them that believe. Amen. So he's positioning you to believe. Come on, turn your neighbor and say all things are possible. Because you're a believer. Because you're a believer. Amen. And the Bible says this. It says the promise is sure. How many of you know it's by grace? What's grace? That's God offering it to you. But then we left off saying that it's through faith. Grace is God's side. Can you improve on God's side? Do you need to know God's side? You do. You need to know God's side. How many of you know, um, like me, I grew up knowing Noah had a boat and knew a little bit of scripture, let the words of my mouth in the mess, because that means we got to leave. I knew those two things. But how many of you know, I didn't know that it was God's will to save me, to fill me with the Holy Ghost, to heal me, to prosper me, to give me peace, that I wouldn't have to worry anymore. I didn't know any of those things. So I had to find out the will of God. You've got to know the will of God, because if you don't know the will of God, any lie will do. And there's a lot of people in church today who really don't know the will of God or the written word of God. And so when the devil lies to them, or social media lies to them, or, or one of the cable news networks lies to them, they take it. You've got, this is an hour, you have got to know what God said about it. There's a lot of people professing to know what God said about it. Ha, I better be careful. Hallelujah. I do not need a politician to preach to me out of order of what the Word of God says. You can pull any scripture out of the Bible and make it say what you want it to. But it's the full counsel of the Word of God, especially the epistles that tell us how to live. Amen. God is compassionate, kind, and cares about everybody. But sin is still sin. And it'll call, it calls for judgment. Period. Truth is that God's word is sure, and it's by grace through faith. And so grace is God's part. Can you do anything to add to God's part? Can you do his part good? Is he offering the promises of God? Then what is your part? Receiving. Remember what God told me. Remember this very building you're sitting in. I was struggling. I was, uh, you know, I, I say it like this. I used to say it like this. I was believing my guts out. 
Have you ever believed your guts out? If you ever believe in your guts out, you're really not in faith. I just believe it. You know, like straining. Believing. Believing. I'm at rest. I'm at rest. I'm at peace. Ha, ha, I got it. I got it. I got it. I didn't have it. And the Lord is so kind that he will position you because he did this with me with a question. And he asked me, he said, Mark, does your faith move me? Well, I knew the answer. I said, yes, Lord, because my faith is great and I'm moving you. Hallelujah. And aren't you, you know, when God calls us my little children, that is not an expression of endearment. It's a fact. You little. I don't care if you've been doing this a long time. God, the eternal God who always has been, your 80 to 120 years don't mean squat to him. You are still little. Praise the Lord. Anyway, and so when he said to me, Mark, I don't need your faith to move me. I've already been moved. God's hand is open to satisfy every living thing. Jesus paid the full price. He has put the blood on the mercy seat and he is seated at the right hand of the Father. When he said it is finished on the cross, there are so many things he finished. But one of the things that is finished is you don't have to. There's nothing you can do on your end to add to what he has done. You don't have to beg him to save you. You don't have to beg him to heal you. You don't have to beg him to provide for you. You don't have to beg him for peace. You don't have to work for it. Because if it's, a, if it's work, then it's owed to you. But if it's grace, you just what? Receive it. You, he, but see, so then we need to learn how to receive. How does your receiver work in? Are you receiving all that grace offers? Are you receiving the promises of God that are yes and amen? And so receiving is very important. So I want to I pick up in Romans chapter 4, verse number 17. Romans 4, 17. As we look at the faith of our father, Romans 4, 17 is written, I've made thee a father of many nations. That's God's end. Before him who believed, even God, who quickens the dead and calls those things that be not as though they were. We're going to look just a few minutes at calling those things that be not as though they were. And so this is words. And we know that everything we see was created from an invisible realm. By faith, we understand that God's word, when he said light be, it, it, it created. God the Father said it, Jesus made it, and the Holy Ghost manifested it. God the Father said it, Jesus made it, and everything uh, that you see is manifested by the Holy Ghost. We understand that the worlds around us were framed by the very words of God. Everything that's on this planet was framed by God's words. God's words are powerful. And so what God said, what the Word of God says, He calls those things that be not as though they were. Notice it doesn't say He calls those things that are as they are not. He didn't say darkness quit it. He didn't say darkness go away. He said light be. Now if you'll notice this, this is just a slight thing, but I've watched a lot of people do things like this. Healing's just easy. They'll say things like this. I'm not sick in Jesus' name. That is not faith. 
I'd rather hear you say that than I'm sick in Jesus' name. And Jesus put this on me in Jesus' name. And I'm sure there's a lesson to learn in Jesus' name. But I'm not sick. And just because you tack Jesus' name onto it does not make it calling those things that be not as though they are. And another thing, or you have a pain. Um, pain, go away in Jesus' name. Although that's fine, that's still not calling things that be not as though they are. As a matter of fact, what you're doing, if you talk to, if you're just talking about pain all the time, you're, 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 you're hearing pain. What, what is calling things that be not as though they are? Well, how many know the word of God is the truth? And how many know no matter what it is, whether it's healing, whether it's uh, uh, something going on in your family, you have the word of God on it. When the devil came, Jesus always answered with, it is written. Everybody say, it is written. In other words, calling things that be not as though they are is using the word. So when a symptom comes, you have to say what the word says about it. Faith does not ignore facts. Just not going to a doctor doesn't make you healed. As a matter of fact, doctors are not the enemy. And I've seen people get off on stuff like that thinking if I don't go to the doctor, I'm healed. Well, not going to the doctor could also make you dead. Because if your faith is not in the right place, just going, you know, ignoring it, And not talking about it. I know when I first started hearing about words, and yes, I understand. And we're going to get into it just a little bit. There's a lot of people who say, oh, you're of that name it and claim it bunch. You're a, you know, word, 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 you know, you confession bunch. Listen, we're going to get to that in just a little bit. But the first thing you need to know is this is in the word of God. It's not my idea. It's not a Kenneth idea. It's not a Hagen idea. It's not a Copeland idea. It's not a Creflo idea. It's not a Mark idea. It's a word of God idea. It's a word of God truth. And so whether everybody else likes it or not, how we receive. How would you get born again? You got born again by saying something. Are you with me? You believe something, but you also said something. So, so listen. So it, it's important to understand that um, you and I have to um, know what the truth is. We have to speak the truth. Um, it's important that we call it what the word calls it and not... We're not calling things that are, because even though they're facts, facts are subject to change by the truth of the Word of God. Amen? Got in a little deeper there than I wanted to. But I want to talk to you real quick about this. Let's talk about the difference between a confession unto faith and a confession of faith. A confession of faith is when Romans 10, 9, and 10, you believe something about the resurrection of Jesus and you're being born again and you believe something in your heart and you do what? You release a confession of faith and then it becomes a reality. So this is where people don't often talk about it, but there is a confession unto faith. And a lot of times when people are talking about words of their mouth and things, um, you know, people talk about, well, I just don't believe that, you know, uh, you know it, 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 I heard one person say, well, all that talk about words puts me in bondage, and I'm free. And, and so I want you to understand, though, that this is a Bible principle. And so the first thing, there's a confession unto faith. So if you, you're new and you're just hearing that... Um, prosperity is available, and you say, my God supplies all of my needs according to riches and glory by Christ Jesus, and yet you're not seeing it yet, or you don't even know yet that you believe that, that's a confession unto faith. And it's really part of Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. It's called meditation in the word. 
Because to meditate means to mutter. Are you all with me? Joshua 1.8. If we want to have success, then we have to meditate the word of God how long? Day and night. Part of meditating the word is not just reading it. It is, it is you speaking it out of your mouth. It's a part of meditation. So the confession unto faith, one of the ways uh, that you're doing it. So when I say, my God shall supply all of my needs. Or by Jesus' stripes, I am healed. Uh, Father, I thank you that Jesus said, your peace you leave with me. Not the peace that the world gives, but the peace, I'll keep my mind stayed on you and you'll keep me in perfect peace. What am I doing? I am meditating the word of God. And when I meditate the word of God, it's coming out my mouth gate. You got three gates. Three gates that lead to where? Your heart, your soil. And so what is the word of God? It's a seed. And when I'm confessing unto faith, I'm speaking out of my gate. And the best way to do it, how many of y'all believe yourself? Do I I got any habitual liars in here? The best person to hear speak the word in your life is you. Thank God for tapes. Thank God for, they don't do those anymore. Thank God for download. Thank God for all that stuff. But the best person you can hear say is you. So when you read off of your iPad, iPhone, or actually a book, um, you can say it out loud as it goes in your eye gate. And when it comes out your mouth gate, it goes back down in your mouth gate and it goes in your ear gate. And it's seed that goes down into confessing unto. What are you doing? You're planting seed uh, with your own ability and it's going in you and it's producing some, depending on your heart, some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. So there's a confession unto faith. And how often should you do that? For the rest of your life. Keep the word in front of you. Meditate in it day and night. That you can observe to do it, right? Because if you're a hearer only and not a doer thereof, the James says you deceive yourself. So it's important the confession unto faith. So which is right? Confession unto faith or the confession of faith? Yes. When should you confess unto faith? All times. I mean, the word of God needs to be in your mouth. So when I first start hearing confession, I'll go back to that and finish it up. When I first start hearing about it, the thing that I did, because I was taught, don't say anything wrong. Don't say, don't joke around. Don't say that kills me. Because you're liable to fall dead. Because your words are powerful. Listen, y'all, if our, our words are powerful, and, but, and, and do you need to clean up some things? You know, that tickles me to death. You know, I know some people get all over that. Um, you know, uh, um, Whatever, you do with that what you want. But it's not until you believe something and say something that it's going to come to pass. I get it. There's people who are higher up than me that would just throw a fit about right now that I'm not more strong on that. But uh, I get it. But listen to me. It's the believing and the saying. And that's where some people miss it. Because the confession unto faith, a lot of people are saying the word and there's no mixing of faith with it yet. When you're believing from something, you'll know when you confess, you have the confession of faith. Now, now see, when it comes to words, though, I've heard people say, you know, you can get with works. Uh Uh-oh, here we go. You can get into works with it. Well, I confessed a thousand times. I did my list. I confessed a thousand times that my God shall supply all my needs. And now, Father God, you owe me. 
Now, even if you don't say that out of your mouth, if you think your confession brings possession in and of itself, you are wrong. The Spirit of God's been dealing with me about these teachings that they all work hand in glove. In other words, we teach one and we elevate it above the other. But to him, it all works together like an engine. And I wish he'd quit talking to me about engines because I don't know anything about no engines. But all I know is in order to drive my car, every part of my engine's got to work together. I put it in D for drive. And that's about it. Take it to Toyota, let them deal with it. But that's about all I know. But my engine, there are parts. Right, somebody? <laughs> there are parts. <laughs> and if one of those parts is not working, you might have to concentrate on it. But you see, in order for the D and the drive to work, everything's got to work together. And in this, Romans chapter 4, that's what this is all about. How everything works together. We elevate one thing to teach it. But really, if, if you live with an elevation of worship, if you live with an elevation of confession, if you live with an elevation of the grace side of things, if you live with an elevation of one thing, you will get lopsided and you will not be able to receive all the promises of God. You've got to know all of it and not get works about it, but learn how to work with God and receive all of it. And so really confession is not you say it enough so God has to do something. Confession is a form of releasing your faith and receiving the promises of God. If you'll begin to look at your words as when I have a confession of faith, like when you were born again, that's me receiving. And you'll know when you have a confession of faith. Because when you have a confession of faith, you just know it. I know it. I'm at rest. I'm at peace. I've got it. It's mine. And so confession unto is very important. Because in, in most things, until you really, uh, the, the persuasion of your persuading your mind and your will and your emotions and your receiving from God. But then when it's in your heart and then you know it, you know it, you will have a confession of faith. And that's how you receive from the Lord. Amen? That's how you get it. Glory to God. Y'all know Mark eleven twenty three. Anybody know Mark eleven twenty three? It's got Brother Hagin's picture by it in the Bible. Mark eleven twenty three. 23. What three things do you know? It says that um, it, whoever says unto this, whoever believes those things which he says shall come to pass, and he'll have whatever he, who said this? Jesus. Who's the head of the church? Who's smarter than all of us? Who's always right? If anybody comes against saying, who are they coming against? How many of them? They are, the, the, guess because because they're they're trying to they think combat an extreme. How dare you think you can just say something, and God move? No, because someone who says that doesn't understand faith receiving from God. They're working it out. If I do, come on, I'm going to work it out. i got to get good enough. 
Surely there's more I got to do than just say something. It can't be that easy. Human nature likes to work for things. But Jesus, the last time I looked, finished everything. It's not about your performance. It's about what he did. And so saying, you're not trying, people think, well, you're just trying to talk God into it. I don't have to talk him into it. He's trying to talk me into it. I'll say it again. I'm not trying to talk him into it. He's already been talked into it. He's trying to talk me into it. Because have you ever been confessing the word and all of a sudden it's like, oh, what is that? Uh And then you try to tell somebody about it. Have you ever tried to tell somebody a revelation? What do they do? I know. And what do you do? No! What is that? Well, maybe they've already had one, a revelation I'm talking about. But you're having one. What is that? That's faith coming alive. That's you grabbing hold. So the truth of the matter is, you and I have to speak to mountains. And if we don't doubt in our heart, and we speak with our mouth, we can receive it. And you can have whatever you say according to the word of God. Now look, you back this up. You back this up. And you back it up to, oh my goodness. You back this up to um, a fig tree. How many of you know this teaching comes from a fig tree? Right? Jesus walked by, there was no fig on it. And what did he say? No man hereafter forever going to eat any figs off of you. He killed it with his Peter, thank God for Peter, walks by the next day, I believe on purpose, because Jesus wanted to teach this. And, and what happened? He said, Master, the tree you curse. And what did Jesus say? Now, you little human being, don't you try this. This is just for me. I'm the son of God. That's not what he said. What did he say? He began to teach them, and he began to teach us. If you'll have the God kind of faith. What is the God kind of faith? Light be. That's the God kind of faith. That's the God kind of faith. The God kind of faith says what it wants, calling those things that be not as though they were. What's the Lord saying? If you got faith in me, you're going to talk. See, anytime there's faith anywhere, we having the same spirit of faith. Anybody remember that one? Was it 2 Corinthians 4.13? We having the same spirit of faith. We have believed and what? We're, we're, what are we doing? I believed and I spoke. Just talking about King David. And he said, but we also believe and we also speak. David believed something, he spoke something. We believe, everybody say, I believe. And so when you really believe something, you're going to say something. Amen. One more thing. How about that man, the centurion? Anybody remember the centurion? Remember he had a servant home, sick. I don't have time to really get into this, but the, the Luke's account, remember, he came to Jesus. He said, I'm not worthy. Uh, uh, well, well, let me go back. The, the, remember the centurion built a synagogue. Y'all remember that? He, and, and the Jewish people came to Jesus, and this is what they said. Do this for this man because he's worthy, because he built a synagogue for us. So the Jewish people, works-oriented came to Jesus, because this one throws a lot of word of faithers or people who believe the word, they're like, oh, wow. Because, the, because then what did the centurion say back in uh, the other account, the other gospel, I believe it's Matthew. He said, I'm not worthy. 
The Jewish people where he built a synagogue said, he is worthy. He said, I'm not worthy. This is grace versus faith right here. You put those two gospels together, you get grace versus faith. Because because then the other side of it is, is works mentality. And if you don't think that sometimes everybody in this room tries to work it out to get something from God, you're wrong. We all have that tendency to work to please God, to get something from God. Your works, your righteousness is still as filthy rags. You can't work it. You receive it. We hope you were inspired by today's message. If you want to hear more from the Word of God, head over to cwol.org, check us out on YouTube or any social platform under at Madison. We believe God is working within you and we want you to know Him so you too can make Him known.